When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey. Hey. What'd you think? About what? Did, did you get my text? Oh. Welcome to our show, Did You Get My Text? I'm Meredith Salinger. I am Pat Oswalt. I started the show because sweet little Pat Oswalt is still recovering from COVID. Um, so his little voice is still kind of raspy, but it's going to be over soon because he's drinking soup. I'm tr- Yes, I am. Indeed, I am drinking soup. And uh, boy, so much is going on since I've been barricaded in this hotel room in Savannah, Georgia. Um, I'm lying. Nothing has happened. I'm slowly going mad, um, looking at stuff on the internet. Uh, one of the, uh, I, something, I don't know if I sent you this. Oh, no, I did send you this because I fell for it. Everyone fell for this last week. This happens every now and then, but a very popular picture went around of, um, uh, and, and the Jim Rose Circus, uh, who I like, tweeted this out. It says, meet sugar. She doesn't like to be ridden. If Sugar is approached with a saddle, she lies down and pretends to be asleep. Sugar refuses to open her eyes until the riders leave, and it's this horse lying down. This beautiful, her, sweet little, you sent yeah. it to me, you texted me, and I was like, that's the cutest horse I've ever seen. And everyone was reacting to this post. Like, it must have really struck a mood, because everyone was like, yes, exactly. Like, I just, leave me alone. I just want to lie down, shut my eyes, make this stuff go away. Well, it's a stock photo of a horse lying down. There is no Sugar. Um... Somebody uh, told a uh, delightful story. Now, it's a story. This isn't real, but it really struck a nerve because I saw I, um, Questlove retweeted this. Um, a couple other friends of mine retweeted this with the, this me, this is me. And I was going to retweet it, but before I did, I was smartly, not not even smartly, I just, I, I was doing other stuff and I didn't retweet it in time. And then I saw that someone said, oh no, this is actually a stock photo, but you know what? Um, it's a stock well, it's not photo like that's that, like some huge hoax or anything. That's not like, no. oh my god, you guys, you've been talking about this horse no. that didn't really. I mean, who cares? <laughs> it's a horse that was laying down. That's a funny story. And also, um, it's a, but it's a, it captured a mood that was accurate, even though the caption was not accurate, was not factual. People are, yes, lying down and closing my eyes until all this goes away is something that I absolutely relate to right now, which I think, I think a lot of us can relate to. Everybody can relate to it, but. I mean, if you're a parent, you cannot do that. You have to, no matter how much you don't want to do something, which, by the way, this has been a week of me not wanting to do half the shit that I'm doing. Um, oh, yeah. But it's rough. You have to because you're the parent. You have to. You yeah. can't not do the stuff you have to do for your kid yeah. or even for yourself, for that matter. Right. Um, so, which yeah, that was a nice... to my first topic. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> well, I know last week we had 
we were, we had talked about a podcast that was going to do some sort of like, would you rather thing? And I thought oh that was so funny because you and I usually we're so different personality wise. Uh-huh. And I just wonder if we have a similar answer to some of these questions. And I thought it'd be fun to ask. Oh, let's do it. You want to? Yes. Okay. Let's do some would you rathers. All right. First is a big one because this is about our lives. Would you rather live on the beach or in a cabin in the woods? Oh boy. Now I'm from Malibu, California. My happy place is the beach. I like seeing the ocean. I like the sound of the waves. I like the energy of a beachy kind of lifestyle. I also don't like a lot of bugs. And I think when you're in the woods, there's bugs. See, I like the beach. I like to visit the beach. I don't know how I would fare there 24 hours a day. But yes, the woods have a lot of bugs. Also, the woods have um, wild um, uh, differences in climate. And um, a a thunderstorm in the woods is no friggin' fun. But it's Um, also so romantic. The woods is like peaceful. And you hear those little animals chirping. And It can get creepy at night, though. Yeah, super creepy. Yeah. You're not going to walk alone in the woods at night. You could walk along the beach with the moonlight. Light, is, there, is, there a, is there a wooded area near a beach? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, absolutely. If you live in, in, in Malibu and you live up in the mountains in Topanga, there's like, you know, there's areas that you're kind of woodsy with trees around you and creeks. And then you cross the street and there's the beach. You can have the best of both worlds. That's why California rules. Yeah, I, and you know, I, I got it, man. I got it. So, <laughs> why do you think I left Virginia? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I in the long in the long run I would go with the beach. I guess beach. Oh, good, we're on the same page, bro. Yeah. Okay. Would you rather travel the world for a year, all expensive pay, all expenses paid, or have as much money as you want to stay home and spend on whatever you want? Travel the world, all expenses paid. Same. Who wouldn't? Absolutely. Get the experiences. Who gives a crap about the money? The the money experiences. I want the experiences. Oh, yeah. See what's going on. Check out places. Yeah. The only thing that would be a requirement for me for traveling the world, because I would like to go to all really trippy places and hidden special spots, I would just want to make sure I was with, like, a guide who knew all the ins and outs and could tell you the history behind everything and also just like make sure you're safe when you're in the jungle with the gorillas well the expenses the expenses pay would include i would get the best insider guides i would get the best <laughs> insider locals no i'm serious there's great yeah. like off the beat off the like if i went to new york i would want a personal uh, walking tour from timothy speed levich from the documentary the cruise to take me uh through the city and show me all the you know stuff that that kind of thing i would want the most i would want the most um uh, rebellious, uh, icon- iconoclastic art student studying in Vatican totally. City to, to show me all the paintings and go, but this, see, this is actually bullshit. Oh, you know, yeah, I, 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 I would hit. love that. I I love going places and having the historical importance and all the information of every single thing. Like, right. Um, my stepmom is a docent at the Getty Museum 
or she was rather. And I mean, she's still alive. She just doesn't dose it anymore. But um, mm-hmm. we'd go to the museum and she was an art. She, she like, don't dose all- it? She don't dose it? She don't dose it no more? She don't dose it? No, but she knows every single thing about every piece. And I would just absorb it so that whenever any of my friends from college would be visiting and they're, they're like, what are some things we should do while we're in LA? I'm like, let's go to the museum. And then I take them through the Getty and I'm like, so this, the reason why that, um, painting is so special is because do you see that knife hanging off the edge of the table that represents the precariousness of life, the precariousness of life. And they're like, how do you know all this? Yeah. I love doing that. That's fun. Yeah. Would you rather uh, lose uh, all of your money and valuables or lose all of the pictures you have ever taken? I know the answer to that one. Super easy. Go ahead. Are you all thinking in your cars and doing laundry right now? What yeah. your answer is? I would rather keep all my money and valuables and lose the photos because my brain has all the memories in them. I don't need all the photos, although I love looking at the photos. But like with all the money, then you could just keep having memories with your people. You could keep having vacations and you could keep inviting people over and making new memories. But losing photos, like you remember what they look like when they were little. It's even easier for me because I'm not that big of a photo taker. And there's been enough photos taken of me by, I, I, I have friends who take so many photos and I'm like, oh, you can, I can lose my photos. I'm fine. My, <laughs> I'll just ask my friends, hey, weren't you no, there at that party? I think the some... question is you don't get those photos ever again. I'd still keep my money and possessions. I have memories. Yeah, memories. Okay, this is such an easy one for me. And also, and, by the way, and people that go, well, what about if you get Alzheimer's? Well, if I get Alzheimer's, I won't recognize won't people in the photos anyway. What's the difference? <laughs> right. doesn't matter. Okay, this is, this next question, I bet a lot of people have people in their life, they know what they would answer. But here we go. Would you rather be feared by all or loved by all? I obviously would never want to be feared by all. I don't want to be feared by anyone. I want to be loved by everybody. And I want to uplift other people. Fear is an op- you're operating from a place where there, there's not genuine, authentic um, connection. It's a separation. And I don't like that. And I think people yeah. in politics, a lot of people like Trump obviously likes to be feared by all because he holds, you know, blackmail and stuff like that over all the Republicans. And there's always like, I don't think, I don't think unless Trump- you do this for me. I don't think Trump likes to be feared by all. It's what he has decided to settle on. I think he desperately he wants, wants to, to be, be loved, loved by, by all, all. But he knows he's but, not but loved. He, so he well, has to he, operate with fear. What's amazing is to be loved by all takes some work. It, it doesn't yeah. just come automatically. And of course. So the fact that it means work, then he what he's done is he's gone. Um, he's made, well, you know, I'm the guy people love to hate. But no, you just, you realize that you don't have what it takes to make anyone actually love you. Right. And so, so you've settled for fear. Oh, I would actually absolutely want to be loved by all fear. Yeah. D- despite that, despite that line from um, a Bronx tale, which is a good line, but it's ultimately false. Um, when uh, uh, Terry goes, well, fear lasts longer. It actually doesn't. Love lasts longer. It just does. Love is eternal. Yeah. Fear doesn't really last that. It doesn't last forever. Yeah. It doesn't last also, longer than love. What a horrible way to have people do things yeah, for you. I like gr- when people are like, oh my God, you're so good to me. Let me be good to you. And it's just like, it's just such a better feeling. Yeah. I uh, I don't want a gross life. Yeah. Would you rather donate your body to science or donate your organs to people who need them? Ooh. I mean, the thing, okay, so the question here is like, if I, if I donate to science, maybe a bigger overall discovery can be made that then, yeah, then if it's like way more question. people. I think it's well, helpful minute. to everyone. But then if you do it, 
I think both things are helpful. Immediate, I know, God, those are both really... Yeah. It's not a good question because the bottom line is you donate to science, they learn how to take better care of you so that ultimately you can help more people. You donate yeah. your heart to, you know, whatever. I don't like that can question. I, can I, do- I donate it to science with a codicil if, if someone's in desperate need, they get it <laughs> <Yeah>. right there? <laughs> um, this is a really good one. I love this one. Would you rather right. speak to animals or speak 10 foreign languages? I 100% would like to speak to animals. I want to know how but, they're feeling, if they're uh, okay, what's hurting them, if they're sad. I would love to be able to communicate with them and be like, you're okay, that was just thunder, you're going to be fine. I I feel like it breaks my heart when I see animals in pain or in danger or confused or like after an earthquake or a fire or a hurricane and they're lost and you just wish that you could say to them, you're definitely animals. You just want to be Snow White. I want to be Snow White. I'm, I don't know. I mean, what would animals ultimately have to say to you after a while, except that you, obviously you can still communicate with animals without being able to talk with them. You can, you know, through empathy, yeah, you, you are, can help them to. But but to be able to help them understand, I think that's really important. Would you rather speak 10 foreign languages? Um, I mean, it'd be pretty cool to bust out other languages, but. It would be pretty fucking cool. I mean. You know what I'm saying? Like there's now and then. Um, um, en los Estados Unidos, muchos. Uh, we. Y- y- we. We. <laughs> yeah. Hola. Um, okay. Let's see. Oh, my God. This is a good one. Would you rather walk barefoot in a public restroom or get poisoned? Walking barefoot in a public restroom is so vile and hideous and disgusting. But uh, po- And you're going to get fungus on your foot at some point. But be poisoned, yeah, okay, like fine, how but, bad's the poisoning? Are we talking like mushroom poisoning where you have a bad trip? <laughs> I mean, I would, I would just do the, the walk barefoot because you just instantly go wash your feet. I don't know what, how long the poison effects will last, if they'll be permanent. Like, fuck that. These are dumb. Would you rather be the hero that <clears throat> saves the girl or the villain that takes over the world? Of course Ooh. the hero that saves the girl. We're good people, Patton. That's a that's a very gender specific question. What if what if you are what if your the villainy hero that saves the person in distress? Let's take it. What, out but of the what if but what if your here. what if your quote unquote villainy involves uh, uh, getting um, universal health care for all? Because to someone like Lauren Bobert, that's a villainous thing. Oh, it's so not if that's what she your villainy not, is. No, no, no. They don't believe what they're saying. They're just placate. They're trying to get votes. They are saying what needs to be said to get votes. They are. That's true. No. Those people know there was no stolen election. Those people know that there's no, they know what they're doing. Anyway, on that fabulous note, <laughs> should we take a break and actually talk about real things? Yeah. Should we come back? We'll, we'll, we'll be right. right back. We were playing a fun game, but we'll be back. Hey, we're back. Listen. This next thing I'm going to talk about, I'm not saying this to gloat or to go like, you know, I told you so. Um, I, I tweeted last week and I, I just asked this very innocently. I wasn't even trying to do it in a, ah, you know, screw you, uh, MAGA. I was asking in a, in a very philosophical sense, you know how Fox made a big thing about we are not airing the January 6th hearings and we will not be, you know, doing any of this stuff. So what I said was, because Fox ultimately is a business. They yeah. they do not care about... Yes, they, they are 
ostensibly right wing, but when it when it comes down to it, it's about money. That's all. It's about money. They will go wherever the friggin' money is. Um, yep. Now this is a week after you know, but uh, after the Thursday and Friday um, hearings that they showed on uh, June uh, 9th and tenth, which got apparently buku ratings. Um, on Monday, Fox quietly started showing the hearings uh, during the day. They've just started airing them now. Oh, and 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 when, and when I said that, like, what what I what I tweeted out was, if if they get crazy ratings, I, I just feel like they would throw Hannity and Tucker under the bus in a second if if it meant more people would tune into their channel and they could sell catheters. That that's right. all they ultimately care about. And so I got you know. Obviously, the the magas and the multiple multiple number accounts, like you know, screw you, Lib. There's something, there's something called you know principles, blah blah blah. And now, of course, and I'm not I'm not saying anything about this. They're just quietly showing the 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 hearings right now. So, like, ultimately, and and was same with like with with Nixon, um, and the 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 show Gaslit just ended. Um, there was a lot of uh foot, foot dragging up until the last minute with Nixon, and it really came down to, there was no party loyalty with these people. It just came down to, oh, we're, we're losing in the polls now, we gotta get rid of them. That, that, there's no, it is absolute soulless calculation on, on their part. And maybe um, that will ultimately, in a very sick sense, save this country, is if the money shifts the other way. It, it's what I said, and this is this, I always felt really bad saying this, but I couldn't help thinking it. There was, a few years ago, there was a shooting at a Walmart, and I remember thinking, I'm so sick that I feel a measure of relief because if if mass shootings start affecting the bottom line of something like Walmart, then you better believe something will get done. L- like if it's it's happening in schools, no one cares because there's no money to be made. I'm I'm, I'm paraphrasing George right, Carlin. I, I remember when you said this last yeah, week. Yeah, so um, now you're, you're seeing that same thing act out with with Fox News and um, uh, the hearings is they looked they the, the numbers didn't lie and all they care about is like well I'd like those ratings thank you you know they there's no there's no phil- philosophy behind any of this right does that make sense it does yeah. make sense yeah. yeah it's it's fucked up because if you're the news you need to be letting people know what's going on in the yes. world and not right. catering to what's going to make you money. Although all news stations are like, stay tuned. There's something in your tuna <laughs> fish that's making you sick. And then you have to sit through Literally. the commercials and you have to, you know. I, it's I really all hate- serotonin jolts and it's all bad for you. All of it. All of it. It's constant. And it's, yeah, it's 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 not good. Which is why every now and then you need to take a break from social media. You need to take yeah. a break from the news. You need to just watch yeah. A happy show. Oh, speaking of a happy show, um, <laughs> sorry, it just it just made me laugh because somebody had posted online about you. Um, it's hilarious to me, but somebody pointed out that there are three shows that you are on mm-hmm. where you. So, like, you were in Ratatouille. You were the voice of the little mouse in Ratatouille. Right. You were the, the little, little mouse rat. on top. The little rat little on rat. top of the chef's head yeah. guiding him how to cook, right? You'd yeah. sit on his shoulder a lot. Right. Then you did a show with Chris Maloney called Happy where you were this right. little blue animated unicorn horse kind of guy. Pe- I think we talked about this. No, we didn't. Okay, go ahead. And you would sit on his little shoulder and talking in his ear and being the voice of reason for him. And mm-hmm. you were the little voice of reason for the chef. And then you do another show 
called, oh, it's a new show. Wait, it's not out yet, is it, honey? It comes out Friday, August 5th, premieres on Netflix, The oh, Sandman. Oh, so a show called The Sandman, and you play the raven, and you are constantly with um, the role of Dream, Dream. who's the Morpheus. Sandman, and you're yep. always on his shoulder, and it yeah. was so funny because you play the voice on the, you're basically the conscience on everyone's shoulder, or you're the guide to like a better world you're you're the good you're the good angel usually on the right on the shoulder i'm i'm the foul mouth jiminy cricket you are exactly that's brilliant and so (laughs) some one of your fans scrolled through the internet and found a hilarious photo of you you were standing behind jerry stiller and your Mm -hmm. head it's a picture of you putting you're behind him holding like giving him a hug and your head is on his shoulder and it was just cute it was like not just voiceover acting but also live action acting you're always the little voice on someone's shoulder well, the guy that does, the, Eric Kripke, that does The Boys, also tweeted, like, you know, he just wrote, ahem, and it's a picture of Gills, because I was also the voice of the guy's Gills. Oh, my God, that's uh, right. Uh, it was a fish or, like, a shark man or something He's like a, he's He's their Aquaman, but he has Gills on his abdomen. And then his Gills could talk, and you were the voice of his talking no, Gills. No, they can't. He goes on an ayahuasca trip, and oh. the Gills talk to him, and we sing You Are So Beautiful to each other. And, um... And, and then I was like, that was my attempt to get out of shoulder voiceover and get into abdomen voiceover. And the Sandman <laughs> people dragged me back in. <laughs> oh, my God. That's too funny. Um, so anyway, boy, let's listen. This next thing I want to talk about, and I don't want to sound like I'm this blue state uh, city slicker. I'm actually saying this out of empathy and, and understanding uh, to where I am. But my God... Things in the Deep South, one thing I forgot, um, especially during the summertime, is uh, do not be in a hurry to do anything. Everyone down here is, um, well, everyone down here is moving super, super slow. It is hot and it is muggy. And there is an implicit understanding that when I, uh, when you ask for something or when you order something, you know, I, I've had to get a lot of um, stuff with uh, Postmates. Uh, Postmates is not about, uh, hey, we'll be there in 35, 45 minutes. We'll get there when we get there. Um, if you, <laughs> How if you long want, have you had to wait? If you want lunch, maybe order it at 10.30 a.m. And, uh, <laughs> and then sit back because it's hot and uh, no one's moving quickly. And there's just everything is slightly slower down here. And I think it's because of... The human body in a steam bath environment has got to slow down in order to survive. And I, I'm i just wondering if, we're, is one of the roots of the Civil War that Northerners visited the South and were just dicks to people because they weren't used to people moving as slow uh, with things uh, was... Was part was one of the cause was one of the many causes of the Civil War that we don't study. Obviously, there was slavery and and states rights and all this other you know stuff. But I think a minor cause slavery, states rights, and and Postmates not coming for three and hours. <laughs> somebody, some Northerner being snippy in a restaurant when someone didn't bring the breakfast quick enough. I think they're. <laughs> I mean, look again. I'm not saying that. Um, I'm not casting any blame here, but. Uh, when you visit uh, the South, please keep in mind that um, these people have adapted to the heat and you haven't. And you're still in your, you get out of your air-conditioned northern mindset. 
and get into the uh, sweaty, slow <laughs> the hell down. Maybe my car doesn't have air conditioning. Maybe I've got a, I don't know. Oh, and also don't, um, if you order a, uh, if you order an Asahi bowl, uh, get used to it coming here kind of melted when it gets to you and just be chill <laughs> Honey, about I that. Think, I think anywhere, if you order something frozen, I, I don't think that's a great idea, ordering frozen things via Postmates. I think you're going to get it uh, melted. No, uh, that's not true. I've gotten frozen things through Postmates in, in other cities. Uh, we live uh, literally unquote, like the north. But um, <laughs> we live two minutes from everything. We live right on a yes. busy street that has every restaurant. So if we're lucky, I mean, we're we're right near the places we're ordering from. But yeah. most people don't live right in the middle of a no. place where you can order stuff from. But and also they do not live in a place where there is a, there's an unspoken. Hey, don't break your back doing this. Let's all just <laughs> calm the hell down and let's just get it done. I think maybe that kind of slower energy is good for um, people from New York and L.A. and Chicago and the big cities to like, hey, guys, relax. Take a breath. It's kind of like when you go to Hawaii, people just are like, chill out, man. Hey, we are not, <laughs> it's not getting done right now. There's, I've well, been trying um, to do my laundry all day, and there are, there are, are loads of – there are two washing machines here, and there are loads of wet laundry in both washing machines that have been there since 11 a.m., and um, they have not been moved. Because I just think that, again, the pacing down here is put my laundry in, I'll go check it later, we'll see. I don't know, you know. I remember in college, if you had uh, wet laundry to move from the washing machine to the dryer, you better be there right when it's done because other kids are trying to do their laundry in college and they'll take all your stuff out and just put it on and put their stuff in. And then you have like your favorite jeans are missing or, you know, you have to be right there to get your stuff out so the next person can use it or your stuff is going to get. Yeah. And they have again. a, they have a sign in the laundry room here saying um, a washing machine cycle takes 25 minutes. Dryers take 45. And that, that sign is such a little prayer. It's such a, I'm just hoping that people will actually put their laundry in and set a timer and come back because no one's doing that here. It is, it's a, it's a giant mosey down here in Savannah. That's what it is. Just set yourself on mosey and things will be okay. And that is mosey my time. And that is my ugly uh, northerner, um, way too quick paced um, take on things right now. So there we go. Sorry, sorry guys. Well. Listen, while you're waiting for your laundry, while you're waiting to put your laundry in, you could join in the collective games that the universe is all playing together right now. Um, you've been texting me all your Wordle scores. You've been texting Alice and I, but you're, oh, yeah. you're playing the game Wordle. And if you don't know what Wordle is, well, well clearly I, it's not, you've been... It's not that I'm even doing Wordle. I'm doing this nice uh, little ritualistic triptych. Every morning when I wake up, I play Framed hurdle wordle that is my so, getting my brain going every morning boom boom visual audio and then mind boom 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 all right. together so there are all these games that people have been playing recently it started with wordle i think that was invented in october of 2021 and then three months later it sold to the new york times it oh. was invented by this guy named josh wardle Oh, adorable. Um, a Welsh software engineer. And so he invented Wordle, which is like, it's like mastermind, but with letters and you're trying exactly. to figure out a word. And then yeah. there were spinoffs of it called uh, 
Quartal, which is you solve four puzzles at once. There's Sequartal, you solve 16 puzzles at once. Oh There's Octortal, you solve eight puzzles at once. And then there are all these offshoots that you're talking about, like Hurdle. You have to figure out a song in six step, in six little segments of music. I that blew they give today's uh, Hurdle. I was so embarrassed. Well, by the time this comes out, it'll already be passed. It was Usher's song, Yeah. And in my mind, it was a Little John song, even though Little John features on it, but he's like, I, I just had a weird mind fart and couldn't put it together that it was Usher. And I'm like, well, Little John. And then I was like, wait a minute, is it Jay-Z? Is it like, oh my God. <laughs> then there's um, Framed, which shows you little stills from movies and you have to figure out the movie. Yes. And then Alice told me about one this morning called oh. Global, which is, um, it shows you map, a map of the world and you type in a country, and then it tells you if you're closer to the right country, if it's really dark red, like let's oh, say you choose Mexico. Right. But it's the United States. Mexico will show up really dark red because you're right near the United States. Cooler, and cooler, you have to figure warmer, out warmer. Oh, I, li- I love that. And it's, and what I love about all these games right now mm-hmm. is um, how collectively the world is playing it. Like there's this collective joy behind it because mm-hmm. it's like easy gameplay. Everybody can do it. It appeals to the, every audience. Everyone yep. listens to music. It's, it's, um, and then you can share the scores on social media. So there's this like friendly competition that people mm-hmm. are excited about and it's a fun thing to do. Um, and it's just, everybody is part of it. It's sort of like we're all together in something happy and joyful as opposed to we're all together in something upset, like what, whatever's going on in the world. I'll, I'll take it. Some- I'll take it. Anything to try to bring us together, I'll absolutely take it. Good. Totally. So, but I look, was researching this guy, Josh Wardle, and I found something really interesting about him. Oh. Um, besides him being the inventor of all this. Right. Um, well, first of all, I wonder, like, does he get any percentage of all these spinoffs of his computer um, expertise? Oh, I don't know. I wonder if that's, I wonder. But I mean, anyway, I, I, I think that? he sold Wordle for a, a nice chunk of change. I'm sure he's fine. Yeah, to the New York Times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but listen to this. His brother, Tim, is a director and directed that documentary called Three Identical Strangers. Oh, my you know gosh. Yes, I do. It's about these 19-year-old triplets who discovered, uh, they discovered each other in the 1980s when they turned 19. They were part of this undisclosed scientific study of nature versus nurture, to, and they were put in different socioeconomic circumstances. There, it's a documentary. It was, it's it was it's nominated an insane for, documentary. It's genuinely yeah. insane. So his brother directed that documentary. Holy moly. So these guys are pretty clever. They are doing. This is a pretty clever family. They are doing fascinating, cool things in the world, and I love people like that that are just quietly contributing something. Sometimes, when you quietly contribute something, you don't know what it will do in terms of lowering the temperature, lowering the tension, lowering the whatever the badness is in the world. And it can be done by a very small, simple thing like just a game. I just put a game out there for people to play, and they can go back and forth. Although. Uh, framed, of course, has been taken over by movie Twitter and movie nerds. And my God, are we competitive with that? Um, all my movie friends, there are certain ones where the first frame is like, are you kidding? Like, like uh, there's, there's a couple that I've gotten on the first frame, but if I, but I posted, I'm like, I'm not proud of this. 
that frame was, this was way too easy. Like, come on. And they're like, yeah, I like we, we, we love it when we get the first one, when it's a challenge. There was one a few weeks ago that was jaws and it was the, the, there are frames you could pick from jaws from the early, for the early part of the game that could make it a challenge. But they picked a frame where you're like, that's jaws. Like you didn't even try. It's just Jaws. What is it like the shark? <laughs> no, but it was the it's the opening um campfire scene, which the way that it's shot, it is so like you just know that shot. And then the the second shot um is even more iconic. I think it's like the girl out swimming. You're like, come on, guys. Yeah, it's sort of like if you're we're playing the game framed, and the first opening shot is those two twins from The Shining holding hands, like, duh, like, The Shining. Guys, yeah, like, those two twins holding hands should be your fifth guess. That should be the, okay, you clearly need help. Here's your here's your gimme. But the, make the first frame difficult. Make the first frame um, the, the TV screen showing the Roadrunner cartoon and really throw people off. Oh, my, totally. I actually had the distinct pleasure of meeting those two twin girls. I think I might have said it before. Um, I was at some sort of... You know how they do those cons? Uh, there's like was horror this, cons and there's Star Wars conventions and there's Comic-Con and all those Which cons. one was this? Was this Monster Palooza or was this Horror Con? Or, there's a lot of those. I, I can't remember the name of the mm-hmm. one that it was, but I was sitting right next to those girls. And when I tell you the line, these girls had seven seconds on screen um, when they were little tiny girls. But it's and iconic, man. That's they iconic. They like, it's so iconic of horror films. And anyway, I got the greatest photo with them. I'm standing between the two of them holding their hands. So it's like the three of us are holding hands like they did in the picture with just the oh, two of them. Oh, that's so sweet. But they're like these super cruel girls. They're, one's a teacher. It's so interesting. Now, what were you there? You were there signing um, stuff from Village of the Damned and The Kiss? Or were you uh, signing? Yeah, whatever, horror. I don't know. Lake Placid, Village of the Dam. I don't know. Were whatever people I was bringing stuff up to you that they had like frame captures? Do, do, do like when you, I've never done one of those. Like, do people have specific Some of things them come that they with, want? Like the actual DVD and they want you to sign the oh, DVD. Okay. Some come with like stills from the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, some, you know, whatever, whatever fan. Or some just come just to meet you um, and just want your autograph and take a picture with you kind of thing. Now, it's fun. The- it's fun to like meet the people who like those right and now those two twins do they live in england do they live in the states do they just travel the world going to cons they do I, wow. I i although i do know that they live in england i think um i think they do every now and then just go to cons and they make a gazillion dollars they just meet people and i think they can make like 25 grand in two days oh, like I'm just going sure. and meeting people i was flying i was flying somewhere and barry bostwick was on my flight and um, this, it was in October. This was a couple of years ago before the pandemic. And we recognized each other. And I was like, oh, hey, it's a huge pleasure to meet you. I go, what are you doing in town? And he's like, it's October. I'm doing a Rocky Horror thing. I'm like, oh. He goes, yeah, I, I do three of these a month every year. Pays for the rest of my year. Well, like he just I, goes I in. I one and, with him. I love him. Yeah. He, and he's awesome. And he just do, co- comes in, does the morning news. See you tonight. Co- comes out as Brad Majors, berates the crowd. They love it. He's like, do you have nothing better to do with your lives? You're like, no, it's the best. And he's, he's happy as a clam. Um, yeah, it's fun to go to those things. It's fun to meet people that you, I, I met um, Marianne at one of those things. Don Wells. Island. Don Wells. I met, oh, nice. um, oh God, Jane, Jane Russell from Some Like It Hot. I Hoofa. met her. I met the girl who does the voice of Tinkerbell. <laughs> 
<laughs> There's so many fun oh, people. Jane Russell. At those cons. Yeah. We, we went all over the place with that. Um, that was really cool. Um, we'll be right back. Let's take another break, actually. Okay. Hey, why don't we listen to some speak pipes? Yeah, I want to hear what our, our listeners Let's are see what's going about. on. Hi, Meredith and Patton. My name is Richard. Um, my friend Neil left a speak pipe uh, and encouraged me to do one myself. I've got a question for you two. I know Patton's a big comic book fan, and I've been wondering if he's gotten you, Meredith, into reading any comic books. And I'm curious about how big Patton's collection is. I myself am a, am a huge comic book fan, and I just like to see how how much he he has. If does he have? Do you have like a whole, your own little comic book room, or just out of curiosity? Thanks for listening. Bye. Hey, Richard, that's a really good question. Um, actually, it's a funny story, but on our very first date, the first time I ever met him in person, uh, he brought me the comic The Sandman, um, and he wrote a little something at the... What did you write, honey? Do you remember what you wrote at the beginning of it? I, I wrote something on the flyleaf. Um, something sweet, like, I yeah. don't know what you wrote, but... Yeah. Um, I got it, and I've said before, I don't know if I said it in this podcast or the last one, but I find it difficult to read comic books a little bit. It's hard for me to follow the, there's so much art, it takes me forever to like turn a page because I'm just like, my eyes go to all the art and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And um, so yes, he gave me the Sandman. Did I read it? No. Did I have him read it for me? Yes. We sat next to each other and he sort of pointed at the little uh, squares and sort of helped me follow along. And I loved it when he was reading it to me. He didn't get me into comics. Um, there's uh, a graphic novel I like called Mouse Guard. But when I was little, I liked, of course, Archie and all those kind of comics because they were super fun and cute and easy. But like as we get older as adults, comics is not my thing. It definitely is his thing. And I would say he would have our entire house filled with all of it, except he's been really good about he gets his stack of comics that he subscribes to every Wednesday. He reads the stack and then he get, he donates them to people who want to read comics. So we do not have a huge library, although you do have some, honey. What do you, what have you got? I used to have six long boxes of individual comics and I've been wrestling a lot lately with, you know, paper resources and I'm trying to go as paperless as possible in my life. So yes, sometimes I will buy paper copies from a store to support the store, but when I can get them digital, I will buy them digital when I can, um, and every now and then, if there's a real, like if there's a comic that I think is a, a genuinely good novel that I would like to reread, I will buy it in hardback, beautiful graphic novel form. Um, Alan Moore's From Hell is something that I've reread a bunch of times. Watchmen, of course, all the Sandman comics I have in really nice. Oh, and then John Lewis did editions. a graphic novel. John Lewis did a graphic novel called March, which is March, all about his march during the Civil incredible. Rights Movement, which Alice read and which I also read, which is brilliant. And then isn't there Mouse, M-A-U-S? Uh, I, I, um, our, our daughter has read Art Spiegelman's Mouse, M-A-U-S, one and two. So those are ones that when, you definitely keep forever and you don't give away because they're of historical content. And when she's important. a little older, we'll let her read Berlin, which is a great um, uh, adjunct to Mouse, which is about the years in Berlin when Hitler was coming to power. Hitler is not a character in the story. 
it's more about the general mood on the street of like, what is happening right now? And it's the parallels with America in 2014 to 2016 is a little rough to take when you realize that, oh, nothing actually changed. Um, and then, yeah, of course, I, the, he got me into reading the one that he just created with Jordan Blum called Minor Threats, which is coming out when, babe? Uh, that comes out Wednesday, August 24th. And that gives me hope because that is a very visually difficult and complex comic that we wrote. And I'm going to maybe circle back the first Sandman trade paperback, Preludes and Nocturnes, with uh, Meredith and, and try reading that with her again and then have her read it herself. Because that compared to uh, Minor Threats, that's actually easier to follow. And the art in that is so gorgeous. Um, Mike Gringeberg and... And everyone that did art in that, I would love it if if you would make another run at the Sandman books because oh, you would will. love them. But truly, and it'll when be, the art is amazing, it really takes you a really long time to read a comic book because you're just looking at each panel. Yeah, and it takes forever because you just want to like. That's the fun of it, though. It. That's what I like about it. Um, great question, Richard. Thanks for um calling us. Let's hear another one. Hey, Patton. Hey, Meredith. This is Josh in Fort Worth. Love the podcast, guys. Huge fan. Patton, I just listened to the part where you talked about being an action figure, and I'm kind of disappointed. I was hoping you'd launch into a big explanation of your ideal action figure form. I would totally buy an action figure of you. Do you come with, like, a flamethrower? And if I run you under cold water, does battle damage appear? I mean, the flamethrower's cool, but if you get the special edition Patton Oswalt, he comes with a winter soldier arm and he has a, turns into a hang glider. David Cross turns into a submarine. I don't know. It's kind of cool. But they all come with a piece of George Carlin. And if you get them all, you can build your own George Carlin. I've never been able to get all of George Carlin. But anyway, I got to hear some details on the Patton Oswalt action figure. Love you guys. Hope you're doing well. Bye. Oh my gosh, Josh. I we we had talked about an episode a couple episodes ago where we were talking about action figures for comedians and Which are we coming had a whole out. thing about it. Just like, you know, they have a Ruth Bader Ginsburg one, they have an Obama one, they have yeah. um you know, characters from cartoons, but how cool would it be to have your favorite comedian and patent We had a whole discussion about if that's weird or not. I and I was saying everyone who's a fan, I think would love like a little Eddie Murphy in his little leather suit. And Patton, yeah. I, I think it's I think what he just said is so charming and funny and I would I think people would love <laughs> that guy had a great mind for marketing because he you notice that he included this is what a lot of action figure producers do uh, there's a let's say they put out five action figures but there's a six action figure but you can only get you can only assemble it with pieces of the first five. So in other words, That's brilliant. the five, that, well, that happens all the time. It's a Voltron situation. I never so, knew about that. Oh, yeah, they do that all the time. So in other words, um, so there'd be figures of me, uh, David Cross, Andy Kindler, Sarah Silverman, uh, and like Zach Galifianakis, but you can assemble us into... Um, you know, like or like a giant Janine Garofalo. I, I don't know. Like that's how they would do that. But that that's a that's it, it's a great marketing technique. But if you want the big one, you get all these together, and then boom, there you go. Yeah. Then you have little yeah. extra pieces that you would add. Like you've gained twenty pounds, you make it a little thicker, and you've lost twenty pounds, and you get a little thinner one. Oh my god! Instead of battle damage, we would have road damage. So like, <laughs> yeah. oh, he's been on the road for three weeks, eating snack foods. Here he you is. Get him a, a bag of oh chips my God. and a microphone or like a... <laughs> 
Uh, I got, well, I got, I got uh, the Patton Oswalt action figure. I have the regular one. I have the um, the road gain one, uh, where he gained <laughs> weight on the road. Um, and I have the, uh, you know, and then I have the starving himself before his uh, Letterman spot set. Yeah, I got all that. It's great. Yeah, and then you can take it to like the different characters you've played, like that the heart she holler, where you have like the oh, caveman God. look with those horrible teeth you had to wear, oh, and dear Lord. just dress him up as all the different characters he's been. It would be so funny. I think well, I wow. would love that. If anyone Thanks. wants to make one of those and send it to us, oh no, um, God, down. please. I would love it. Anyway, those were great speak pipes, guys. I'd love more. I'd love more. I'd love more. What else you got, Patton? I have a quick pick and then I gotta run. You gotta run? I gotta run. I gotta get on another Zoom, baby. Oh, man. Life I is, got another uh, Zoom. Life is like a do. box of Zooms. It is. Now it's time for Did You Get Our Picks? Yeah, tell you what we like, what we really, really like. Yeah, tell me what you like, what you really, really like. <laughs> Really quickly, my one pick this week. It's another podcast. I'm not saying that you should give up ours for this one, but it's a fabulous new podcast that I have discovered called My Neighbors Are Dead. And it's hosted by a na- well, it's hosted by a guy named Adam Peacock, and it is a short uh, improv form podcast where he talks to the side characters from famous horror films. So episode one, he talks to a former patient of Dr. Loomis's from Halloween. And, and it's uh, she talks about how um, once he got obsessed with hunting Michael Myers, he started canceling appointments. And I just felt like I was being, it just, a, in other words, it's these just kind of drab, boring everyday people that are on, the, on the, the outskirts of massive horror franchises. And it is so goddamned funny. Um, uh, there's a guy, the second episode is a guy who sells, I think he's, he um, is a representative of RCA television and videotapes, and he's um, representing the company in a, in a class action lawsuit after the Ring movie came out where everyone's suing because of the videotape that killed all these people. And he's saying, well, it's not, it's not RCA videotapes. It's that I, I'm not doing it justice. It is. And then. One episode that I've listened to twice now, it, it's uh, the guest is Jamie Moyer, who I love. Jamie Moyer was on AP Bio with me. She played the um, one of the. She's a lady who has this amazing voice. She's taught. She's yeah. got this crazy voice. It's incredible. And she's apparently an improv legend in, in in terms of like teaching other people improv. Everyone I know is like, oh my god, I've. She taught me everything I know about doing improv and you know being in scenes. She's like this legend. So she plays um, in episode five. It's all about. Uh, the movie is Child's Play, and she is a former girlfriend of the serial killer who transfers his soul into the Chucky doll, and she talks about their relationship and how she misses him, um, and she does Etsy crafts now and is a tarot reader. And again, I'm not... They, these are so hilarious, these these episodes, and I want to be on one so badly. I have Ooh, an idea for a little side character from a film. Them. Oh, I'm, I'm going to be... Trust me, I'm going to be tweeting about this thing later today and I've already started following him in the podcast. I'm just, I'm absolutely um, uh, bum rushing my way onto this podcast because I think it is brilliant and I, I just started listening to it and I'm uh, just binging the whole thing. Every episode is hilarious. The Jamie Moyer one, I've listened to twice. One of the funniest um, episodes. I, I'm, I'll actually, I'm gonna, I'll text it to you. It's 20 minutes long. It's so hilarious. Oh, good. I always love hearing about yeah. a new podcast. Oh, God. So, um, My Neighbors Are Dead, uh, hosted by Adam Peacock. Go listen to it. Um, Patton Oswalt, 
thank you for getting out of bed and <laughs> doing this podcast, even though I know you're still recovering from COVID. And Ugh. thank you for staying in Savannah, Georgia and away from me so that Done. I don't get it. <laughs> anything, for, anything for you, sweetie. Um, let's you guys, talk thanks soon. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week with more fun things for you to fold your laundry to. Have a great you, week. You'll hear us next week. We love you. This podcast is a production of Meredith Salinger and Patton Oswalt. In association with Starburns Audio. Executive producers are Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. And if you have questions for us, send them to... Hey, did you get my text? At gmail.com. And don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. It's free and it helps us get to keep making the show. Starburns Audio, a podcast. <clears throat> a podcast network.